It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan and the CBS Sports Network. And we're coming to you live for the Bill Ford Top Studio. Boomer Sizing, Greg Giannotti. It's Boomer and Geo on the Fan, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network. And wherever you are on the free Odyssey app, good Monday morning. The playoffs are set. Wild card weekend is set. The New York Giants are traveling to Minnesota Sunday, 4.30, to try to make another New York Giants magical run in the playoffs. The Jets, we knew, had nothing to play for yesterday, engaged in one of the worst football games I've ever seen in Miami. Almost won the game, got screwed on a terrible call, but they finished the season on a six-game losing streak. Just absolutely horrendous. No offense. There's going to be a lot of questions that have to be answered about where the Jets are going after the end of that season. And we've got a lot of stuff to get into all over the league as last night, a little bit of a curveball. Everybody had Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs last night as well. And clearly that didn't work out as they lose to the Lions on Sunday night. Football thus begins, Boomer. A two-week stretch for me that could be the worst of my sports talk radio career as I get ready for a week of Giants fans to, that will tell me that the Giants are going to beat the Vikings and then another week of them telling me that they were right. Uh, good morning, Boomer. How are you? Good morning, Gio. I am fine, and I'm glad that we're finally here to find out exactly what's going on. And yes, that's right. We have the Giants at your Minnesota Vikings. I, I look forward to this week mm. because I know that Deep down, you think your team's going to win. You got to no. root for your team. No. You got to believe that that team's going to well win. How do you know me at this I, point? I mean, what are you talking about? If the New York Deep Rangers down. were getting ready to play the Islanders or the Devils, Deep who down. they lost to over the weekend, by the way, a very good game. Uh, and it just goes to show you how good the skill is of those two teams. I, my point being is that I would be rooting for my team. I am not going into a game thinking that my team is going to lose. You can't do that. Of course you can, and I've done it many, many times, and I will do it again. It doesn't mean you're not rooting for them to win. You just go in with the expectation that it's not going to happen. This has been written in stone. I've told you about this. This The Minnesota Vikings world surrounds me. I, I am the reason. I feel like I need to apologize to Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, Kevin O'Connell, everybody on that team, Patrick Peters, everybody, because it is my fault that this is going to happen because I trashed the Giants in the beginning of the season as much as I did, and then now this whole season plays out, and now the Giants and Daniel Jones, who have been all over since he's been drafted into the league, will go into Minnesota, beat the Vikings, end my season. It's just, it's storybook is what it is. You it's know, storybook. I, I, I am really torn about this whole thing, I have to tell you. I said because, you know, for the for the vast uh, majority of Giant fans out there, my friends, I, I know that they're excited about being back in the playoffs and... And yesterday's performance uh, was actually gritty, if you had, if you want to describe it, how they played Philadelphia, and they made it tough on them. Sure. Especially from a defensive standpoint. And congratulations to Davis Webb throwing his first touchdown pass in Kenny Holiday. Unbelievable. What a great Catching catch. A yeah, it was a great catch. So, all of that. And I love the way his teammates reacted to him on the sideline. You can see that his teammates like him. Now, yeah. whether or not the Giant fan and, and the analyst alike... Uh, appreciate the amount of money he's making in the uh, production. That's a whole other story, but uh, it's obvious that his teammates like him as the way they reacted yesterday. But I have to say, here I am. I'm in a really weird position. Like for our show, it's great if the Giants win and they go on and they keep this 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 uh, this ride with Brian Dayball and Joe Shane and Wink Martindale alive. And uh, 
But then again, I know if they do, you are going to come in here supremely disappointed no, no, next no, Monday. I, no, I won't because I don't want it to it's already us. over. It's already over. That's the thing. I've already conceded. So I'm not going to come in here on Monday and be all upset about it. I'm already upset about it. It's already over. I told you three weeks this ago this weirdest, was going to happen. This is the weirdest thing ever. I mean, like I told you three I know, weeks but it's, ago. It's, like, you can't feel that way about I your team. Uh, you totally just can't. I, of course. Right, now, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Giants go in there. Yeah. And Daniel Jones throws a 60-yard bomb. Yeah. With five seconds on the clock, yeah, and the Giants win by a point. Mm-hmm. You're going to come in here the next morning, and you're going to be miserable because your team had the game right on their fingertips, and then they lost wow. it. I mean, I don't know how, like that, a loss like that. Like in other words, you've said to yourself, "My team's losing. I don't care." But no, if I they didn't say I don't off, care. I, I care. I mean, you care. Obviously, I care, you care deeply about it, but I already know what's going to happen now, in the future. If your team gets blown out by the Giants, it's a different story because that's what you're making it sound like. Ah, you know, there's no. They shouldn't no, even no, play no. this game. I, the no, Giants are going to win. I don't think they're. Go- I don't know. I don't think that it's going to be a blowout either way. I don't think that either one of these teams are really capable of that. I okay. just. I think it'll be uh, a close game, and it'll be one of those things where you know you've got the Minnesota Vikings who won 11 games, 11 and 0 in one score games. Yeah, I know. But they will lose this one score game in the playoffs. Just like Gary Anderson in 1998 was the first field goal kicker in the history of the NFL not to miss a kick in a regular season, had a kick under 40 yards to send them to the Super Bowl in the championship game and missed it. It's just one of those things. It's gonna happen. So this is a good thing for people like Big Blue Travel, our friends over there, license plate guy, those who travel to every game you can now not only do you, you could set up the whole minnesota thing but most likely because of what's going to happen between seattle and san francisco you can get that trip to philly already figured out so you could get that going it's an easy trip and you can work a week <clears throat> ahead now okay. because of the way that this works so you out. don't think seattle's going to beat san francisco of course not okay I mean, come on All give right. me a break san francisco i mean that team even when they struggle, they look dominant. But you have to also say, uh, yesterday was unbelievable because, you know, the Miami Dolphins sneak in with, I mean, a horrific, Just, horrific performance by the Jets. And this is, a, like, this is the thing. You never know what's going to happen with coaching staffs and everything else. So, you know, Lovey Smith, they asked him after the game yesterday, you know, are you worried about your job? No, I'm, I got my job. My players are playing for me. Essentially, that's what he's saying, and I'm paraphrasing that. Next thing you know, he gets in Houston, and he's let go of his job. Um, so like you never know what the owner and the GM are thinking. You just you just never know it from a coaching perspective, and that's why you got to be really really careful with what you say, how you say it. You know, Joe Judge talked himself into last year at this point in time losing his job. The best thing that ever happened to the Giants, quite frankly. Quite frankly, especially given what's happened this year and the way that Brian Dable has really made his team uber competitive and gritty and just just like a nasty team to play against mm-hmm. just a hard team to play against um and they and they probably have i would say you know they have the the makings of a good solid foundation assuming that i'm hearing also that uh, daniel jones and the giants are close to a contract extension so for you giant fans out there that are looking forward to that this off season i hear that they're close the question is is it 3 years or 4 years what does the player want what does the team want? You know, can they meet somewhere in the middle? I would tell Daniel Jones if they offer you a four-year deal and you have a maximum guaranteed money, significant. I would take that deal because you know, after three years, if you're as good as you think you are, and you're as good as you you've been uh, in this offense, and you're only going to get better, and they're only going to get better support people around you, hopefully. 
uh, then after three years, they'll go back to the negotiating table again because you're young enough. Sure. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's close. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if something came, you know, to fruition relatively soon. I don't know if it's a day or a week or 10 days, but I think I feel like they're close. It would be a nice thing for Daniel. It would be a nice thing for the team to have that thing locked up and, and not have to worry about that position and then start worrying about everything else around the team and where Joe Shane thinks he can, uh, you know, fix it and make it right. So I feel that's close and um, and hopefully that will come uh, to a fruition. So, you know, but here's the thing, uh, G, I got to tell you, you know, the, the Vikings looked pretty damn good yesterday. Doug. <laughs> and I know it's against the Bears oh and I know God, it's outside. Are, I tell you, you're like, you've been watching a lot of those comedy routines with your Instagram reels. And I think that's where you're getting like some skill here. They looked pretty damn good yesterday. Yeah. They played a team who was trying to tank to get the number one overall pick. Yes. They played their third and fourth string quarterbacks yep. in the football yep. game. All right. So uh, what do you mean looks pretty yeah, damn you still, good? You still got to you got to play. You got to show up and play and you got to win. How about the previous week when there was actually something on the line and they had an opportunity to get the two seed and then they would have had Seattle in week one and then a uh, home game in the divisional. So they had won that game and they got their teeth kicked in on national TV. How about that? But when they play the Bears, who are officially the worst team this year, who are trying to tank, they looked pretty damn good. Yeah, they did. Yeah, thanks. Okay, they did. good. good. They did. Well, and they, just that, that, what that I saw. the dollar gets you a dollar. I'm just telling you what yeah, I saw. Right. You want to minimize it. Go ahead of course, minimize it. Minimize. Of course, I'm going to yeah, minimize yeah, it. What, yeah, are you, yeah, what are you, yeah, nuts? You know what? The team you're, was trying to tank. You're, they you're, played you're, a team who was trying to lose. Your team wins the NFC North. Yeah. It goes out there. First team in the history of football, 13 wins, negative I know, point differential. Point differential, 13. Yeah. We all know what they are. I'm trying to I'm trying to build you up here. You're not going to build me up. It's over. I mean, I know their defense is fraudulent, and we all understand that. But I don't see, see, I, this is where I will disagree. You can't be a fraud if no one believes in you. There is nobody who believes in them. You know, I, I that you can't be a fraud if nobody thinks you're any good. You know what's the amazing thing is, as a, uh, just, Somebody who actually played 14 years in a league. And I've heard that, yes. And I yeah. don't like to throw that out there. But I, every now and again, I like to throw it out there. Uh, just in regards to just the reality of what it what they've accomplished. Mm. You know, it's hard to win an NFL game. As the Jets have proven here in the last six weeks of the season. Mm. It's hard to win an NFL game yeah. when you got to go on the road. And, you, you know, the other team's got nothing to play for. Throwing caution to the yeah. wind. You might get guys hurt as Mike Williams got hurt. As Alex Kappa got hurt. Uh, in games yesterday, those are significant players for the uh, L.A. Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, you know, there are, there are things that happen in games. You can never take any game or any win for granted. It's hard. You know, and Phil says this. All the time in the NFL today, and I got to give him a lot of credit. You know, I don't like giving him credit. Sure. Uh, he says, you know, when you die as a coach, they put those numbers on your tombstone, your one loss record. And that's why, you know, coaches like Lovey Smith, you know, were not trying to lose yet. He wasn't. He was trying to win the game yesterday. He wants to win. And it's hard to tell a coach to back off. Now, the GM can say, you're playing this player, this player, that player. And make it happen, and that's the way that you kind of control it, which is uh, what I think that the Bears did with Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles out there, as it's their first year there. So maybe they played Nathan Peterman in their fourth-string quarterback, so they would lose, and they would assure at least a shot at the yeah. number one, you depending think? on what Houston did. Yeah. So, I, I look, it's just hard to tell players and coaches you know, to, to throw a game. I'm just – the point being is that they won 13 games this year. They were – they had so many memorable wins this year, and those 11 one-score wins has has to go down as one of the most exciting years in the history of a 
professional football team and what they accomplished. Yeah, and that's all it's going to amount to. And as we talked about with the Mets throughout the year, all those exciting moments, the 101 wins. Oh, man, we came in here. What a great summer. It doesn't mean anything when you get your face uh, lit on fire in uh, uh, Atlanta and then again at home against the San Diego right. Padres. I, so, I mean, look, me, I, you remember these seasons. Now, there's going to be a couple of wins in there in the regular season. I won't forget the, the Colts uh, comeback and then obviously the Bills game. But this season will be defined by losing to the Giants on Wild Card Week. And that, that's what it's going okay, to be. Okay, I will kidding. be reminded of that for the rest of my life. It's just one of those things. Just like the 2000 NFC Championship game, 41 nothing. I can never get away from that. Brian Rescona on Friday was reminding me of that. Just the other, I can't get away from it. Yeah. Tiki Barber, when I see him in the hallway and he's getting ready for Tiki and Tierney, he played in that game. I was, I can't get away from it. This is going to be another thing that I won't be able to get away from. And it might even be worse than all those other times. Because I've sat here and I've told you how the Giants were going to win four games this year and we're going to be horrible. And that group, those guys that I have trashed incessantly, Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, are going to go to Minnesota and they're going to beat my team. It's just going to happen. You have to accept it. And I know that you gave me the ah, as a guy who has played 14 years in the league. All right. As a guy who's been a Minnesota Vikings fan my entire life, let me tell you something. <laughs> this is the way it's going to go. Okay. Trust me. This is the way it's going to go. And you tried to flip me around in the 2017 NFC Championship game to get me all fired up for that when I told you they weren't going to go on the road and beat the Eagles. And I said, okay, fine. You're right, Boomer. Why waste these opportunities? Why be negative during the week leading up to a football game? They go right down the field on the first drive, score a touchdown, then don't score again the rest of the game, and Nick Foles looks like Joe Montana, and then he goes to the Super Bowl right after that. So it's over. It's fine. Congratulations to the Giants. I actually think now, after what happened yesterday, they're going to go into divisional playoff week and they're going to have a shot at beating the Eagles. That's where my mind is now. My mind is now that the Giants have already moved on to the Divisionals and they have a shot. They're one of the teams that have a shot to go into Philly and beat them. They really do. I really believe that. That's where we're at. We're at. We're now starting to write another one of these magical Giants playoff runs because they're already in the Divisionals. They're going to play a Philly team that they played really tough yesterday with Backups and schmucks and whoever. Are you? I know. So how about this? Stop, don't call anybody schmucks. Playing an NFL game, you don't. You, All right, you don't be, be so serious. For I know. God's I know. Just but move you on and give me whatever stat you're. So about you're. To I'm, I'm going to give you a stat. I'm just going to say that you are now basically claiming that the Giants are going to beat a 13 win team. Yeah. A 14 win team. No, I said they have the have and, a really good and, shot against the Eagles. And if you really want to channel, yeah, the great Eli Manning. Yeah, you go to San Francisco in an NFC Championship game, and you beat another thirteen win team, the team that has the baddest defense in the NFL. You know what? I gotta. Could you imagine that if they went on and beat the Vikings, the Eagles, the Forty ers and then beat either the Bengals, the Chiefs, or the Bills in the Super Bowl? That would be that. That would be awful. And I, I did not, by the way, I did not say they were going to the Super Bowl. What I said was they're winning this week, and then they're going to have a chance to beat the Eagles. Yeah, I know that what is, you said, but I'm just but saying. I'm, like, not, I'm not saying now like that, yeah. that all that stuff's going to happen. I right. just really believe they'll they'll get to the divisionals, they'll have a chance to beat the Eagles. But I, I mean, I, the Niners, I, I I believe they're very good. And and now you know, with the two seed locked up and and playing at home and not having to go on the road with a rookie quarterback until potentially championship weekend is going to be big for them. But which doesn't look like it's going to happen. But but let me tell you, like we talk about this defense, the last two weeks 
I don't know. Well, shaky, that'd be uh, fine. But, I mean, I know their defensive line is dominant. That'd but, be fine. But, like, you had, they looked awful against the Raiders. And then yesterday, I know that they took off in the second half, but that was more the the uh, Niners offense against that, that uh, Arizona Cardinals defense. But, like, in the first half of that game, that defense was unimpressive as well. Like, yeah, but their I, offense I is pretty impressive, even with a rookie quarterback. No, their really offense, amazing. I'm not talking about their offense. Okay. I'm, I was just challenging the baddest defense in the NFL. Like, they, they may be, and they may figure it out in the playoffs, but the last two weeks, I, I expected more from them. Who has frankly. better defense than them? Yeah, defenses are hard. Good defenses are hard to come by they in 2023 are, NFL football there, Boomer. How about yeah. Brock Purdy, 5-0 and as a starter. His team is averaging 33 points per game. His average per attempt, which is a very, very important number, is 8.9. That That's a big number at that at that. Uh, that means he's getting a lot of yards per his attempt. I mean, he's got more touchdown passes than both Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson has played less games. Yeah, crazy. Absolutely nuts, the run he's been on. All right, so here we are. This is it. You've got the wild card weekend. I'm not going to call it super wild card weekend. I think that's late. It's wild card weekend now. Wild card weekend is set. The Giants and the Vikings, 430 on Sunday. And, of course, we're going to talk plenty of Jets and what type of changes will come from this horrible end to the season. It's Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Wild card weekend is set. Giants and Vikings Sunday at 4.30. I really do think that the result of the game last night threw the wild card weekend schedule into complete disarray. It would have been totally different if the Packers were playing. I don't believe that the Giants and Vikings would have been in that Sunday 4.30 window if the Packers had won, but they didn't. And now you got the Seattle Seahawks in the playoffs instead of the Green Bay Packers. Jerry Recco is here to break all of this down. Giants, Jets, NFL, Wild Card Weekend, everything else. Good morning, Jerry. Morning brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Also brought to you by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. So, yeah, we'll start with the Giants and the Eagles yesterday in Philadelphia. The Giants wind up losing 22-16, to lined up for that onside kick. Who knows if they would have gotten it. Um, Jalen Hurts was back for Philly, 20 of 35, 229, and a pick. But the Eagles, the one seed, as they get the bye week for the Giants. They did not play a lot of their starters. Brian Dable liked the effort, though. Tough game, 60-minute game. Came down to a few plays, give uh, Philly credit. But um, thought our guys competed all the way to the end. And... Um, well, tough game. Yeah, Davis Webb got the start 23 of 40, 168, one touchdown and a 14-yard rushing touchdown as well. Had the touchdown pass to, of all people, Kenny Galladay. Here was Webb. Enjoyed being out there. Very exciting. Um, I want to thank all the O-linemen and Marcus, KG, Cager, Gary, um, Matt. It was a lot of fun playing with those guys. And um, Darius came in a couple plays. I appreciate that. There you go. Very nice of him. Uh, in terms of the playoffs, the Giants, the six seed, as the guys have discussed, 440 against the Vikings. For the Eagles, they get the bye week and they'll need it. Nick Sirianni knows Jalen Hurts. Not exactly right, but he got through it. You didn't want to take any ne- unnecessary risks. Uh, we had to win the game however we needed to win the game. And you saw he made some plays with his feet. Um, but 
you know, just like, uh, you know, they were doing a lot of different things on defense, um, just throwing some stuff out there. And, you know, we obviously did some different things, uh, you know, because we'll always take into account our health of our players. And I think he said that uh, Hertz came out of it uh, feeling kind of sore, but uh, should be okay. So they will have the first I mean, round by. Yes. I understand there's a different philosophy with playing guys, not playing guys. I mean, I, I think with the 17 game season and the fact that there's only one team with a bye now, it really does change things. Like, I don't think you can compare what used to happen in the past to what happens now. And there was a couple of instances yesterday. I just could not understand why coaches had guys in. And, and Brandon Staley and the Chargers were, were one of those teams. They played three quarters, right? Justin Herbert? Yeah, and there were guys that were going down, too. Yeah. I mean, no, they lost Mike Williams. Looked like a back injury, and he may be done. I don't know. Which is just That's horrible. That's huge because they just got him back. I mean, and, and when you're, you're locked into a seed or essentially locked into a seed, I just don't understand. And, and even, uh, Kevin O'Connell yesterday against the Bears, Dalvin Cook, he goes down, he grabs his knee, he goes into the medical tent. Now, they, the only way they were going to move up seating is if the Niners lost to the Cardinals. It was not going to happen. So he grabs his knees, holds his knee, goes to the medical tent, and I'm thinking, okay. Like, let's just hope he's okay. He's not. Then he comes back in the game after that. The guys want to play too. That's the other thing. They but, do want to play. But the way Brian Dable handled it was the right way to well, handle it. Well, a totally it. different it set of circumstances and situations, you know. Not first really. Of all, I mean, the, the Chargers were essentially locked in, and then the Vikings were essentially locked in, too. I, I, but I just think that for the Giants, uh, you know, having a bye week and getting everybody healthy and raring to go for the game in Minnesota, given all that they've been through over the last five to six years and Dable being smart about it. It, it made sense to me. I, I, I'm, but why I, would it make sense with every team? Like well, every team's been through every, a lot. Every team, every team has a lot of injuries. Every team is different. You know, every coach is different. Every te- you know that's that's the yeah. beauty of it all. Everybody's got injuries. Everybody's tired at the end of the year. Hey, they played Jalen Hurts four quarters yesterday, and he's got a shoulder problem. Where, right, but you know, he, they needed they pop, needed to pop. win the they needed to win the game, and the game got a little dicey. Then there was an onside kick at the end of the game, and they had to win it to get the one seed and the bye. So I'm, I'm talking about teams who really had nothing on the line playing these guys. It was just asinine. And Brandon Staley, I think it blew up in his face. Speaking of blowing up in their face, the Jets were 7-4 and four once. They finished 7-10. and 10. An ugly loss to the Dolphins yesterday. As it turned out, 11-6, there was that safety at the end, even though the graphic at the end showed 9-6. 11-6, the final. Uh, here's Rob Sala. Not great, but still believes in this football team. I get outside noise. I get all that stuff. I get uh, the disappointment of a six-game losing streak. But um, honestly, the silver lining is that uh, we've got an unbelievable core group of guys. And uh, and I'm really excited for this offseason, really excited to see them take off. And we're going to get this opportunity again. We've got to go finish. I want to talk about stock going down. You want to talk about this guy who everybody was talking about, Rob Sala, energy, this or that, to where he sits this morning. I mean, he's checking his key card when he walks in this morning. Make sure yeah, it still works. Man, I tell you, I, I, I agree that that should be a discussion. I don't fun from him, but this is just ugly. And the offense, and I understand Joe Flacco's playing, Zach Wilson's playing, I heard Mike White's playing, and that is part of the discussion. But to be this bad for this many weeks is just unacceptable. It was 44 points in our last five games. God. You know, the... the <laughs> boy, the the fact that it came out that Mike White had five broken ribs, yeah, and, and then they put him on the field in Seattle. Now what like, doctor cleared him then? I'm I'm like, you got to be some sort of like, <laughs> what are you doing? Player safety? That that's player safety? Sure. I mean, and this is just another one of those examples of how they blew it with 
quarterbacks. I mean, just absolutely blew it this year with quarterback decisions and who to play when. It just... They just couldn't get it right. And then I know it really doesn't matter because the Jets, of course, had nothing to play for in this game. But once again, you're sitting in this situation where they're blowing timeouts at the beginning of the second half. (laughs) For no reason at right. all. You know, tell tell C.J. Mosley that they weren't playing for anything yesterday. Well, you know what I mean. You know, tell uh, tell Quincy Williams. I know what you, I know what you mean, but I'm just telling you that those players, especially on defense, came to play yesterday. Right. And they, now, now they're playing against Skylar Thompson and everything. Hey, Devontae Smith. I mean, uh, Jalen Waddle and uh, Tyreek Hill got knocked out of the games. Yeah. I mean, so like that, that that defense showed up, man. Those guys showed up and they earned their paychecks. The offense with all the different deactivations and you know poor Joe Flacco looking like it just so not nonchalant and so like not it just feels like watching him unfortunately doesn't look like he's even into the game and I'm sure he is but that's his that's his personality. He got mad when they called the intentional grounding. And that was <laughs> here's Tyler Conklin Oof. as Boomer just pointed out not many points over the last month or so so what happened. Yeah, it doesn't seem real. I mean, how do you have a collapse like that? Uh, I don't know. It's a tough questions. Guys, wish I had the answers for them. You know, I don't. I don't know why we haven't scored touchdowns. I mean, it's frustrating as hell. And how we drop six straight when we're, you know, you, you think we'd have a pretty good shot at the playoffs at one point, right? You know, we just obviously didn't do what we need to do to make that happen. It's just frustrating. No, they, they did have not. A quarterback to get him in the in the end zone. No, well, Miami is the seventh seed in the AFC thanks to New England losing in Buffalo. The game starting out. Uh, this way, as we heard from Jim Nance on CBS. We're underway as New England decided to defer after winning the toss. And here's Hines on the run back, breaking a tackle and taking it past midfield. And down the sideline he goes. This is storybook. An opening kickoff return for Tamar Hamlin. And this place is absolutely going wild. Oh, you just said this is storybook. This is almost fate. I just can't believe what just happened. Josh Allen, the same thing. Six days removed from this incredible can't believe it. scene that we saw with the Bills player down in Cincinnati. And now... Oh, oh. oh. oh my God. So unbelievable. Oh, Jim. Oh. By the way, that was not a blowout game. I know 35-23 doesn't look close, but that game was close. Buffalo, though, comes away with the win. They are the two seed. Hines had not one but two kickoff returns for touchdowns. The second one, the Patriots let him score. Uh, he says, obviously, it was very emotional, as you can imagine. And so they had their uh, their teammate, Hamlin, with them the whole, uh, the every step of the way, as they say. Dude, you, you've seen, like, we have three zone. I had three on my thigh pads today. It's, it's been amazing, but all that was for him. And I'm, I'm happy for the things that happened to me, but I was spirited. I felt like he was out there with us. So there you Jerry sports gods. No, nah, I'm sorry, wrong. Uh, no, yes. Wrong. Jerry, yes. Wrong. Yes. I thought they tried harder and actually executed all their blocks. And Jerry, then the second time, the Patriots let him score. Jerry, that these, one guy should be cut for that whiff these, on the tackle. These things just don't happen. They Jerry. do just happen. There's divine intervention. Oh, yeah. There's no. spirituality. Oh, stop There's, it, stop I'm it, telling stop you. So what, what did the Packers fan pray to Satan? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Dan Campbell. Oh, Dan Campbell, yeah. Dan right, Campbell, right, right, right. Um, God's <laughs> were on his side. Yeah, credit you know what, for the, the good. Lions, the Lions need something sometime soon. <laughs> 
And they got a little bit of it last They didn't night. make the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. If you said Dan Campbell, then you know what? After Nuggets misses the field goal, the Rams would go down and score, and that game would have been for the playoffs last I, night. I have to say that there, there's nothing better than, you know, for Dan Campbell and the Lions than to knock Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, better than be knocking him out and making the playoffs. That would have been great. That would have been great. But, unfortunately, the Rams blew it. <laughs> anyway, Bengals beat the Ravens 27-16. Cincinnati, the three seed. Baltimore, the six. They will play again next week. Elsewhere of note, I just mentioned uh, the kick. So here was Seattle lining up to win this game at the end of regulation against the Rams. The spot. The kick is away. Hurry up and get there and hit the upright and bounces off. Oh, man, and they would go to overtime where they went three and out. They did nothing with the ball. The Rams get it, then make Mayfield throws the ball down the field, gets picked off. And then you had, how is that a penalty on Jalen Ramsey? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, and then, he's, standing on, he's standing out, I don't know. Geno Smith hits him. That's what it looked like, yes, I'm 100% I mean, he was, with He you. was really just standing there. I mean, he was, yeah. he was essentially just standing there, and he sort of just protected himself and put his shoulder down. I mean, and and for whatever reason, every Seattle staffer, and there's like four hundred thousand people on NFL sideline. By yes. the way, I don't understand. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's like it's it's like not even real how many people are there. All these guys are freaking out. DK Metcalf basically, you know, loses his mind, points his finger in Jalen Ramsey's face. I mean, this at was worst, the biggest should, overreaction at, of all time. At, at worst, it should have been offsetting penalties because DK Metcalf actually puts his finger in the face of Jalen yeah, Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, it should have been a penalty. Yeah, it should have been offsetting penalties. Was no God sitting in the front row, Boomer? Huh. He was the 12th man in Seattle. Are we going to do this for every game now? <laughs> uh, I might, yes. Okay. As a matter of fact, it's possible. Uh, then Jason Myers did make the game-winning kick, and Seattle beats the Rams in overtime 19-16. Seattle would then pray for uh, a win. They got their, their prayers were answered. <laughs> That's the Lions beat the Packers at Lambeau. Yeah, that's a prayer answered, man, when you think about it. Um, Aaron Rodgers, who's been smoking the uh, ashwagandha lately. <laughs> <laughs> man. So stupid as he was trying to wish his way into the playoffs. So unfortunate. Whatever. Wish, yeah. will, pray. Guess what? He's going home. Three receivers left, one right. Rodgers has got it. Back blitz comes. Rodgers throws deep down the right sideline. It is intercepted by the Lions. Kirby Joseph's got it. To the 45, to the 50, and into Green Bay territory where he's shoved out of bounds. Now, if that's a rookie, we're sitting there saying, what are you doing throwing that ball up for grabs? 100%. You know, uh, Baker Mayfield did this yesterday. Same Good thing. Gosh. Anyway, oh, same what a thing. shame, really. What a shame. All the Aaron Rodgers stuff, everybody, everybody, NBC picked the Packers. It was all Packers. Not Tony Packers. Dungy. Tony Dungy took was the, the Lions. Only one. And yeah. I took the Lions, by the way. I, I did. I also smoked you guys I also, weekend. I, well, yeah, I went 4 and 1. Oh, did you really? I did, but you smoked me all season. But I did go 4 and 1, and I also picked the Lions to win this game uh, on, our, on our picks. But it's just, it's really a shame with Aaron Rodgers that he's not in the playoffs, <laughs> so we don't get to see him again. So now he can smoke his ayahuasca and get a massage from his dead uncle in Costa Rica again. So that's what his offseason will I be. I it was Peru. Uh, wherever the hell it is. Okay. But uh, see you later. Spoken like a true Viking fan oh, that thinks that his team is going to lose. Well, too bad. Giants. Is it see you later? I mean, that's the question for yeah, him now. You never know. It's a normal thought, but at some point the carousel comes to a stop. And it's time to get off. And I think you you kind of know when that is. And that's what needs to be contemplated. You know, is it time? 
uh, also, what's the organization doing? You know, this it's part of it as well. Brett Favre, 2.0. Here yes, we go. <laughs> I'm off his carousel at this point. I'm getting off. You might be on it and contemplating I'm getting off your carousel. Uh, the Steelers won Sunday, but they don't make the playoffs because the Dolphins beat the Jets. Mike Tomlin, the end of the season, quite abrupt. You know, it comes to a screeching halt. This offseason thing, I don't know that I pondered that. I was preparing for the potential of next week, and so I don't have the answer to that as I sit here. About what it feels and like to have the Jets season over. blew it. They did? Well, also, that, that uh, horse collar call was, was terrible. It wasn't a horse collar. Neither one of those teams were moving the ball. It I was praying for a bad call. And that's what happened. Yeah, that 15 yards really changed everything. And if that game ended in a tie... The Steelers would have yeah. made it in. Yes. So, I mean, the, the Jets did blow it, yes, but that call was a big factor in that game. I think the most excited I saw Joe Flacco yesterday is when they ran that last play. <laughs> and somebody threw the ball back to him, and then he had to get rid of it. Right. right. He had a quick release. Yeah, it was, it that was, was then. About the quickest release of the, of the day. Right. Yeah. And then, and then right when the clock was zero, and he was like, thank God I don't have to play football anymore. <laughs> he actually said he felt as good as ever yesterday. And he's going to play as long as he can. We'll see. Uh, real, and I'll have a story on him next hour with some sound. Texans scored late and got the two-point conversion and beat the Colts while the Bears lost to the Vikings. And so Chicago gets the number one pick in the NFL draft. Um, I have time for this now. Let's see. Uh, Houston fired Lovey Smith. He gets just the one year. The Broncos reportedly speak to or will speak to Sean Payton. And Jim Harbaugh plans to interview as well. Panthers looking to talk with Frank Reich and Jim Caldwell about their opening this week. You guys have run through the schedule. Uh, coming up, you got the College Football National Championship game tonight with TCU and Georgia. You know, that brings up that. Did you see what Quay Walker did last yeah, night? Yeah, just yes. a complete uh, the the trainer. Yes. Sleazeball. And he had one of his teammates, too, uh, Lancaster, I think his name was, who ended up like, he ended up sort of pushing the guy, too, after Quay Walker. So if you didn't see it, a Lions uh, medical staffer and CBS Sports that was playing it comes up to check on DeAndre Swift. There's a Quay Walker is standing there. The medical staffer just gently like puts his hand on him to try to squeeze by so he could check on the player. And then Quay Walker ends up pushing the medical staffer in the back. And then you had the other teammate, 95, uh, steps up and then he ends up bumping the guy too with his shoulder because he's thinking that something egregious is going on. So I mean. Silly. Especially after last week, we're talking about lauding these medical staffers and how they saved a life on the field. And then you got these sleazeball Packers sitting there pushing these guys around the field. That had to be, I mean, that, that's one of the dumbest things I think you'll ever see, given what we just went through. Yeah, I mean. Just what everybody went through and what DeMar Hamlin was dealing with. And then you see this. Right. You know, in a nationally televised game, like, what in the world is this guy thinking about? Now, this is the second ejection of the year for him. Yeah, and he did get thrown out, which was great. At least there was some consequence there. Yeah, you know, and, and Matt LaFleur, once again, you know, is like, this is, this is like, he didn't have to answer the question, other than it's unacceptable, of course. Sure. Because he can't even process it. He's got a quarterback that's going to go smoking ayahuasca somewhere. He's got a defensive rookie that's absolutely losing his mind on the field. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Nets beat the Heat 102-101. Royce O'Neal the tip-in with three seconds to go. Kyrie Irving at 29-17 for Kevin Durant, but got his right knee rolled in the third quarter. Evaluated today. Brooklyn has won 18 of 20, and tonight the Knicks are home for the Bucks. All right, thanks, Jerry. It is Boomer and Geo coming to you live for the Built Ford Tough Studio.
team this morning waking up, and I know the Jets were a disaster, and it was uh, bound to happen. I, we, I know I picked the Jets to win this week because they were playing against, unfortunately, Skyler Thompson, who did get hurt a little bit yesterday's game and, and really had a hard time dealing with the defense and all that other stuff. But the Jets just could muster any sort of offense. And I know how bad the Jets feel this morning. There's no question about it. I got to think that teams like the Green Bay Packers feel awful this morning. Um, you think about like the the way that the Cowboys lost yesterday, and you know what, I, what was going on with them. I mean, that oh, was just terrible. I mean, terrible is an understatement. I I don't think I've ever seen Dak Prescott play that bad in my life. And they had played the starters. It's not like they were pulling guys out. I mean, Ceedee Lamb was out there. Dak Prescott was out I mean, they there. Michael Gallup was out there. Hey, listen, they, if they would have come off that field yesterday. Losing that game and Philadelphia getting beat by the Giants. Yeah, I mean, and it was close at the end. Like we said, there was an onside kick there at the end of the Giants-Eagles. I mean, I, I just, I mean, we're talking about Sam Howell. We're talking about a commander's team that, that really had nothing going on. I mean, they that offense, that Dallas Cowboys offense yesterday was as bad. They, they were almost as bad as the Jets and Dolphins were. It's, it's so hard to predict these things. But, you know, that defense for the commanders showed up yesterday. They I mean, did, yeah. If that, I, you know, I don't know. Carson Wentz, three interceptions last week, out of the playoffs. I mean, and that team's a good team. Like they, they, they got to feel sick to their stomach too. It's great beating the Cowboys for sure. The last game of the season. It's great for Sam Howell winning his rookie debut. Yeah, but you got to think, man. What the hell were we like? They screwed up the quarterback position down there. Oh, 100 percent. Now injuries have a lot to do with a lot of these decisions that the coaches end up having to make. Like Rob Sala makes the decision early on. Okay. Zach Wilson gets hurt. Let's go with the the veteran Joe Flacco. I guess they go what one and two with Joe Flacco, and they have that r- miraculous comeback at, at Cleveland. Yep. And yeah, so he wins one game, and then all right, let's go back to Zach Wilson, and then let's go to Mike White. Let's go back to Zach Wilson. Let's go back to a five broken rib Mike White. Let's go back to Joe Flacco. I mean, yeah, it's just I, like you you couldn't have made any. I, I don't know. I don't even know how you would make a right decision. I well, don't even know what the right decision is. I'll tell, we, well, we went through this the other day, and and I I'm confident in saying that at the time I said these things, and there were a couple of things that probably would have played out correctly. Now we didn't know the extent of the five broken ribs. You know, there were multiple ribs. We were also told that Mike White was okay yeah. and cleared to play, and then we find out the really the severity of it. And you're like, why the hell did he play in that game? So that's another one of those bad Especially decisions. Especially with the way that he did play, you could see that he wasn't 100. Right. It was it, when it wasn't even who was starting that week because there were like four or five of those decisions, but it was also in-game quarterback decisions that we were screaming about at the time. Now we don't know how would have worked out, but I feel like making those changes would have given the Jets a chance in a couple of these games that they ended up losing. And I don't know, is, is Strebler hurt or something like that? I thought that was a nice little change-up they had with him when they brought him, when they brought him in against Jacksonville. Right, and then it's, oh, go read a book, get away from the game, Zach. You know, and then all of a sudden, Mike White doesn't play, Joe Flacco's in there, and then they elevate Zach Wilson to the backup quarterback. So what are you doing? So then you're telling me, hey, he has to get away from the game, read a book, do something, all this stuff, and then they make him a backup after, I mean, Strebler, I hope he's hurt because it doesn't make any sense. Because then you're thinking if Flacco goes down, now Zach Wilson has to play, which is the thing you were telling us you didn't want to do. I'm thinking I, if Strebler's not hurt, I'm thinking yesterday they could have used him just for a little shot of energy. I mean, I, I, it would like your C4 in the morning. Exactly. That 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 exactly what he would have provided for them. But I just, I, I don't understand. Like, organizationally, I know that these quarterback decisions aren't just Rob Sala, but none of them have made sense to me. Not a single one. And then it even got worse yesterday with the fact, I mean, I don't know how you go from 
we're not playing Zach Wilson. He is going to be completely inactive because he has to get away from the game to making him the backup quarterback. Well, they're giving him a mental day is what they're giving him, what? a mental year. But I, I will just what? say that pink slips are coming, man. Pink slips are coming. I don't like talking about it, but it is true. This With is the a, Jets, a, you're saying? It's a results business, man. It is a 100% results business. And the, and the wild card in all of this, in all of these teams, is the owners and how they perceive their teams and what is being said in their ear from their inner circle about how things are looking. You know, uh, you watch Brian Dayball and you watch how the Giants reacted to him. And I think that John Merrick can wake up this morning and say, you know, we got the right guy. I think he felt that way, you know, after like five weeks in the season. We got the right guy. We got the right guy. And um, if you're Woody Johnson, you wake up this morning and you're like, my God, what the F just happened to my team? And you gotta, you gotta feel like there's gotta be something that's going to have to change because I, unfortunately, we know we're gonna hear from all the Jet fans. We're gonna hear from all the, you know, the voices on this radio station. Same old Jets, same old Jets, same old Jets, same old. It's gonna be the same thing over and over and over again. And the question is, is when does that carousel stop? And when do you decide to, you know, try to fight through all this negativity and, same and, old Jets. and decide whether or not this group is the group? That's going to move it forward. And when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about the coaching staff. I don't think the GM's going anywhere. I think the GM has made a lot of good decisions here. The, the problem with him is that the second overall pick of the draft two years ago, ago has turned into a mental disaster. Yeah, I'm not saying that Rob Sala can't get better if he remains the Jets head coach and learn from the last two seasons. But as I sit here now after two seasons of Rob Sala, I am confident in saying that he is not a good head coach. And the reasons why we have talked about the mishandling of the quarterback position is just what was an atrocity this year. The ill preparation for some of these games last year and this year have been just eye opening. The fact is you talked about how he's trying to thread this needle with Zach Wilson and having his back, but yet he lets his players wear the effing Mike White T-shirts to make that situation even worse than it was to begin with, not really having control of that when he pretended like he did. I, and I just, and for the offense and the coaching staff in general, I mean, to have as bad of a finish offensively as they did. Now, I know the quarterback situation was terrible, but that's also their own doing. But I mean, to not score touchdowns for four games, I mean, to be as putrid as they were. I mean, we've seen, I, I don't know how many examples we could give of guys that come in and compete and score in horrendous situations. I mean, I, I understand they ended up getting blown out, but in the first half of that uh, Arizona-San Francisco game, David Blau's going up and down the field scoring touchdowns against the 49ers, for God's sakes. Jared Stidham comes in last week and throws for 300 yards and keeps them in that game. We can go on and on. Sam Howell is throwing a ball down the field, 70 yards to tie to uh, McLaurin. I mean, you could just you could go on and on and on about these guys who step in. I mean, Davis Webb. Brock, well, Brock Purdy's the best example of them yes. all, but I'm just giving you other guys. Davis Webb throws that touchdown pass to Kenny Galladay, but somehow the Jets can't score a touchdown in four weeks. I mean, if that isn't an indictment on this coaching staff, I don't know what is. I just awful. And this awful. is the, this is the thing. So when you wake up the day after, or you're flying back the day of uh, the final game of the season, and you take in totality what has happened during the year, the the coaches, and of course the GM are going to be talking about, you know, hey, look, we got a foundation. We have foundational players here. We're going to have the offensive rookie of the year in Garrett Wilson. We're going to have the defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner. 
And those guys had great years, and you picked them, and great for you guys, and, and that's great. But at the end of the day, as uh, Michael LaFleur said last week, it's a result-oriented business. And if your results are what you see here, and you have a impatient or impetuous owner, I don't think he's going to want to fire the head coach because I don't think he's going to want to pay Adam Gaze and you know Rob Sala their contracts. Yeah, I don't think so. And then hire yeah. another guy. I don't think Sala's going anywhere either. I, I do agree with that. But uh, I know that the Mike LaFleur and Rob Sala came here together and they're buddies and everything else. But I, there's something's got to, there's got to be some sort of shake up there. And they got to get somebody in with experience. And I understand these last two years are experience for Mike LaFleur, but they have to get somebody in here. I mean, they lost Greg Knapp tragically before the season last year. They have not replaced him and this coaching staff with anybody with experience. And that's what they need. They need someone on that sideline offensively who has seen it all in the NFL. You know what's amazing to me is that there have been games where that offense and the system works. It does work. And it and it can move up and down the field. Uh, when you have a confident quarterback that back there that's healthy and feels good about his game. And there were games where they were able to move the, the ball up and down the field. They just weren't able to score touchdowns or Probably either the fourth worst or the third worst team in terms of points per game this year. And these last six games haven't helped that average, of course. But you look at the injuries that they had. They all were significant. The quarterback carousel never works. Uh, you just don't score. You just don't gain any confidence. There's no, there's no rhythm with the offense whatsoever. The quarterbacks are struggling. Um, and no matter who's back there and, and they're getting hit too, by the way. And when you lose two of your starting offensive linemen, you lose your starting running back. Uh, you're you got your quarterbacks in a on a carousel. These are all things that you know lead to what we have seen here the last six weeks, which is really unfortunate. 